Welcome to another episode of Inside the Oval presented by Dignity Health. This week, I'm joined by one of my absolute favorite people to talk to, 49ers Senior Manager of Photography Services, Terrell Lloyd. T, how you doing? Well, thanks. How you doing? Thanks, Haley, for having me on on Inside the Oval. Really appreciate that and get a chance to uh, chat with you a little bit. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, you know, a little bit different now. A lot of people are not in the office, so it's uh, and I know we sit across from each other, so it's uh, it's a little bit different, but yet we still get to communicate. Yeah, that's. I mean, thank gosh for technology. Exactly. Because your title, I think, is a little ambiguous. You have a lot of facets of your job. What goes into being the senior manager of photography services? Well, you know, it's a, it's an interesting title. So it's like um, a lot of people, you know, when you're a team photographer for an organization as the San Francisco 49ers or, if you know, Major League Baseball or basketball, right? It's like um, team photography is so, uh, you know, it's kind of like not pigeonholed you, but yet when you look at senior photography for uh, the organization, it goes beyond just taking action shots on the field. So when you look at for what uh, a lot of responsibilities that I have here, it's, you know, when we built Levi Stadium, you know, it's, it's you know, we have events here. We have soccer. We had uh, WrestleMania. We had, um, you know, just all kind of events, um, concerts. So I'm responsible for the assets that me and my team and crew are responsible for capturing all that that uh, content throughout the year, as well as for the organization, when you look at it outside of when you talk like football game days or, you know, football Sundays, you know, we are responsible for, say, you know, community relations, foundation, uh, partnership assets, uh, premium sales. Uh, when you look at it from, you know, from design, we're responsible for, for having assets for that. So, so when you say photography services, uh, my job and my, my crew job and my team's job is to capture all those assets. Speaking of your team, about a week ago, Eric Armstead talked about the importance of diversity in leadership, government, business, and as it applies to us, media. One thing that I think is really cool about your team particularly is that it is an incredibly diverse group of professionals in race, age, gender, experience. How have you gone about building that team? And is diversity something that you have kept in mind in that process? You know, that, that's an interesting question too, because yes, because when I first started, you know, I've been with the club for almost 24, 25 years, uh, started out as a contractor. Uh, it was just basically me and a parking pass that went back in the day at Candlestick, right? And this is like uh, my sixth or seventh year, heading into my seventh year full-time with the organization since we uh, built Levi Stadium. And so, you know, over the years during the Candlestick time, you know, you start off with just yourself and then, you know, another one of my guys has been with me for a long time that's been assisting, you know, we were doing like marketing pictures and then, you know, tailgate stuff like that. And as you start building your crew of photographers where, you know, you start looking at like, okay, how are you going to build a quality team, but yet also is diverse from, you know, when you look from females to, you know, minorities or, you know, however, however you want to 
call it on a diverse side from male, female, you know, African-American, you know, Chinese, white. I mean, it's, it's, it's across the, the spectrum, right? But when you look at it now, if, if you had to look at my team now, on, on a regular season game day, not non-COVID year, of course, I would say I have anywhere from 12 to 14 people, you know, based on, you know, gender, female, age 22 to 30 or 30 to, to 40, 50. You know, if, if you look at the makeup of my team, it is definitely diverse. And it's something that, um, you know, I do keep in mind that, that you want to have a diverse team. You know, we have, you know, female team photographers that are actually out there shooting action on the field, in the trenches, um, you know, and doing a number of things. So that's, that's one thing that I, that I have taken personal, um, building it up to this point. I do have, uh, 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 Meg Williams that works for me full time. Uh, she started out as an intern, uh, five years ago and, you know, basically came in to do editing, to do, um, work on our archives and also shoot. And she worked out so well where I said, you know, hey, I would like to bring in Meg full-time, right? And make her, you know, full-time team photographer. And, you know, and that's worked out well. We also have another uh, young lady, Kim, that's been working with me. She's been with me for over 14 years now, starting back at the candlestick days, but just being a grip, you know, help carrying my gear, learning how to shoot, understanding photography and sports photography and how to capture and how to expose an image and, and what to look for. And so she is one of our full, what I say, full-time contract photographers. So, you know, if, if you looked at the spectrum, I would have to post a picture of my team so people could really see, like, you know, they could see it from a visual standpoint of what I have. In terms of diversity as well, you have a wide range of people in different skill levels. Yes. And I think that's really important because as you alluded to, this is a learning business. No one really comes into photography a master. Correct. This is correct. When did you get your start in photography? You know, it's interesting. I mean, it, it's like I got started in photography in, in high school, really. But then at a younger age, it was like uh, my mother always had a camera and, and, you know, I was had a fascination about just taking pictures. You know, it's funny because my story goes way back from when I was a kid growing up in San Francisco. And back in the day, um, I used to have a paper route. And so after um, the Sunday games that I would go to as a, as a kid, a young kid, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, on Mondays, I would cut pictures out of the newspaper and I would make my own 49er books. So who would ever thought come full circle that, you know, I'll be running all photography for the 49ers, you know, at 12 years old, making my own books, right? But yet, you know, in high school, that's when uh, a friend of mine uh, really he said he was taking a photography class and he took me into the, the photography classroom and I fell in love with photography after that. And I think that's how I really got my start, you know, working on a high school yearbook, taking photos during that time and then, you know, honing my skills there. And so that's where I think the love for photography came in as a start. But I never knew that I was going to be a professional photographer, you know, until I got the chance to get out on the field in 1994. <clears throat> And, you know, that's when the love for photography came back after that. And so I joined a professional photographers group and started doing weddings and portraits and going to these meetings monthly and then started honing my skills. I was working my corporate job during that time, but 
I was a season ticket holder since 1981. And luck and behold, you know, I got with the team, you know, kind of indirectly in 96 and just started carving my way up the ranks during that time. So when was the first time you got credentialed to be on the field to shoot a 49ers game? In 94, because um, uh, one of the former players got me, hooked me up with a PR director at the time, and he got me a credential against uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then that was the first time I was able to get on the field and shoot a game. After you started getting on the sidelines, what was your evolution of becoming Ooh. a member of the organization? Because you didn't start off full-time right so off the that bat. That was an interesting one because, because it, it, and I've told the story before, you know, when I got on the field and the PR director um, was able to get me a credential, because I wasn't shooting for a magazine or anything like that. You know, I was slowly starting my photography business and the former players said, hey, you know, you ought to go out there and shoot. I'm gonna hook you up with the guy, right? So I got on the field and, and all of the um, images came out pretty decent. And so I said, wow, man, it'd be great to get with the 49ers. And, you know, and I'm, that was just a pipe dream that I threw out there. And I thanked the PR director at the time. And he said, you know, to give me a call, I'll see what I could do the next time. But I didn't ask him that, but he offered that, right? So it's funny because I would call him every week. He would say the same thing, right? Uh, 94 was a year that they, you know, Deion Sanders came with the team, came to the team and, you know, they made the playoffs and I called him like I knew him and, I said, hello, this is Daryl. He says, sorry, don't have anything. And literally hung up the phone on me. Wow. Right. And so I was like, wow. I mean, I said, nah, you know, maybe I was a little bit too persistent. But then after the Niners won that Super Bowl, I, I thought about it. I said, well, how do I get back on the field? And so I got on with a, a monthly magazine. You know, I had my full time job already. I wasn't going to get a job with a newspaper because you know I had my job. So I was like, hey, what about a monthly magazine so I could get credentials? And that enabled me to start getting credentials to get on the field to start shooting, right? And so the PR director and also invited me to their press conferences they used to have on Mondays after the game. And literally where I worked here in Silicon Valley, it was literally, you know, five minutes away. So I would come over at lunchtime and sit on sit in on the press meetings every Monday it was just trying to network and meet people, right? And so I would say it was almost like maybe a year and a half in, and there was a gentleman that ran uh, all the entertainment with the cheerleaders, you know, the halftime shows, you know, they did the photos for the check presentations, the Frisbee dogs that you used to have at Candlestick. And so I would come in and the guy said, hey, how would you like to do what I'm doing? You know, my knees are getting kind of bad, you know, come down to my office. And so his name was Doug and, and Doug says, you know, here's what I do. Check presentation, you know, the cheerleaders performing at halftime, you know, things like that. He says, and I said, but Doug, why me? You know, I've only been out here shooting a year or so and this and that. He says, you know, Terrell, you come in here every game with a smile on your face. You say hello to people. You're pleasant. He said, I figured that you'd be good for the job. But that was without seeing one photo. Right. But it was my personality that I brought that. He saw firsthand, and then the photo side would come second after that. And so even by taking that approach and when I bring in people or have opportunities for people to shoot or cover something at a game that's non-action related, it could be, you know, sweet photos or fan photos in a parking lot or stadium photos that we need, you know, and that's how you learn coming up and willing to do, really willing to do anything 
you know, photography related to contribute. And that's how, you know, basically, you know, I bring people up and train people and, and give them opportunities. We also have uh, a former um, cheerleader that turned photographer after her cheerleading career. And, you know, she works with me doing all of uh, my ownership photos for me now. Right. And then she's been with me for about three years. So, yeah. Your position has obviously grown since that initial position from Doug. But how much of that original position with cheerleaders and we still have Frisbee dogs at Levi's, how much of that do you (laughs) still do? And is it for nostalgia's sake or have you just gotten very good at it? Well, you know, it's like you're never, I tell myself, I'm never too good to continue doing some of the things that I used to do. Right now, the demand has, is a little bit larger compared to what we used to do at Candlestick. Right. And so when you build your team, you got to build a team and willing to have that trust to let go. Right. And that trust to say, okay, I'm going to sign, you know, this photographer to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And then this photographer are going to do this. And then I'm going to do this while I'm on the field. And I have other photographers that are going to do the wide stadium shots and, and, you know, some of the fan pictures. So it, it's like, I don't really have to do everything as I did before. Now that trust factor has to come into play to where say, are we still getting what we need to get as if I was capturing it? Right. But then you have to like, train and teach the person, here's what you're looking, here's what we're looking for. Here's what I'm looking for that we need to capture. Here's how I wanted to capture and then let them make it their own way. If, if that makes any sense. Right. And then I'll go do what I need to do here and won't step on them as they're trying to shoot some of the things that I used to shoot as well. But if you cross train, you know, your photographers, then everybody could be well-versed if you had to plug and play. So if someone can't make it a game that day or they're sick, you know, someone has to be able to say, okay, I need for you to do what Ben was doing, or I need for you to do what Kim was doing, or I need for you to do what I'm doing myself because I have to go over and do something special for ownership or something like that. So cross-training is, is big as well. So I don't really have to, to do as much as I did before, but then sometimes I, you'll see me out there at halftime shooting the halftime, you know, when we do have the Frisbee dogs in here, or we'll do a, um, our, 49er prep program where we bring in, you know, the, the youth, you know, flag football teams. And I'll, I'll be out there shooting sometimes shooting that. So I don't take, you know, I don't take time out at halftime to sit down and relax. I'll be out there shooting with, with, with my crew as well. Yeah. You do not relax, not to dissuade anyone from watching actual football on the field, but one from time to time, I really do enjoy watching you run around the field with your copious amounts of cameras what is your your day clearly doesn't start when players get on the field what is your typical game day routine and how much of that is preparation that I see you do beforehand getting the photo room ready and lenses and everything that goes into that so when you when you got a large crew of photographers right and and an enormous amount of gear that has to be set up you know with you know, the cards got to be formatted. Uh, we got to have the wireless connection, you know, ready to go. We got, you know, multiple cameras that, that the photographer, my average photographers may shoot with two or three cameras throughout the game, 
right? Myself, I shoot with five cameras and people say, how do you do with five, right? Um, but I also have two assistants that help me carry my largest lenses and things like that. But during the week, you have to prepare for game day Sunday or Monday or Thursday night, yep. right? And making sure that all the gear is working, you know, the batteries, like I said, the batteries charged, cards are formatted, everybody has enough cards, they got transmitters to transmit. And that is a preparation you got to do each week, right? So when, so when, if you're one of my photographers, you come in, your gears assigned here, you have your gear here, everybody's set, they don't have to think about anything, they grab their gear, everything's ready to go. So it's being ready, you know, beforehand, so you don't have to think about it. During the games, it's it's interesting because, you know, a lot of people say, and it's funny, people, because people watch me run yeah, around. Yeah, it's, it's like a spectator sport. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, they're supposed to be watching <laughs> the games, but people are watching me because it's pretty, pretty entertaining, right? And so it's like, I could be kneeling in one spot before a play, right? And think of something and then I'll move to another spot, right? But yet it's, it's just a matter of, you know, doing it for a long time and trying to anticipate what's going to happen or what's the best angle to shoot or lighting, you know, situation to shoot. It's like, it, it's funny. I tell the story as well about how I could shoot, you know, two, three, maybe even four sometimes players in one play, right? Where, you know, you're looking at, say, you got the center, you got the guard, you got the tackle, right? Before the play, I'm going to hone in on the tackle before he gets ready and engage with the defensive guy. So that's one shot. Now I look for the quarterback after I get so many shots there. I look for the quarterback, he goes back to pass, right? I get so many shots of the quarterback during that same play. Then a quarterback passes, I may wherever he passes to the receiver, then the next thing I know, I got a shot of receiver running up the field with the ball or making a catch, certain things like that. So that's three shots within one. So then I do it again and again and again, because you got to get a shot. It Our job and my photography team's job is to get a shot of every player or every player, something that steps up on that field, right? Even if it's an isolation shot, because for our design and web team and you know, when they get ready to post, as you know, it's like, you're going to be looking for a shot, a specific shot of a right. player. And it could, be, it could be a shot of the offensive line, you know, maybe if the running backs ran for 300, 400 yards that day, you know, yeah, the running backs ran for 400 yards, but they also had to have blocking up front. So let's feature the offensive lineman, right? And you may want to show specific linemen. So at one point, some, we better have a shot of that, of those linemen during that game. And so also say on the, say for example, on a field goal, you'll see me or, or people see me in the corner end zone or middle of the end zone, left or right of the goalpost. Right. And say we don't score. Right. But now we got to get a kicker, a, the shot of our field goal kicker as well. So sometimes you'll see me get up, run over around, don't run on the field, but I run around to the side then I'll kneel down to get a line shot of both teams getting ready to square off. And then I pan over to get a shot of the kicker kicking a field goal all in one play, right? And and running with gear at the same time. So that's how you say when you see me running around doing a lot of things, that's what that's what I do. But pre preparation is the key though. That's the thing. If you're prepared, you know, you you are prepared to succeed. If you're not prepared, you're prepared to, to fail, right? And so, and this is the same thing, you know, a lot of thought even goes into traveling, you know, what kind of gear are you going to take when you travel? What are we going to shoot with doing a, um, uh, departure photos at the airport, getting on the buses, arriving, you know, at the next city where we're at, 
um, you know, takes different gear for that. And how are you going to do that? Because people, players are getting off the bus real quick. You know, you want to snap, you want to create these galleries. And so, and I think, you know, I mean, I think our galleries are one of the top performing galleries in, in the league for, for what we do and the content that we uh, push out as a, as a team, even from video, social, you know, photos, it takes a full team. For what we do. How, how long did it take you before you felt comfortable in your game day routine, the speed of the game, knowing the angles around the field? Do you, or are you still, every game is a new challenge? Well, every game is a new challenge for sure. But I think when you say comfortable, it's like when I first started early on in my career, I had to learn how to shoot and watch the game through what I say, through the lens, right? Um, in my early days, as, as I was learning how to shoot and capture, it was like I would miss plays because I wouldn't be capturing the play. I'll be looking. It's like, oh, I got to capture this, right? <laughs> And so, and so I had to learn as time, but you know, it, it's far as comfortable. You, 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 you're on edge just like, you know, cause you got to get ready for just like the game, just like the players. So you get a little nervous on kickoff, right? That the bigger the game, the more the nerves, right? Absolutely. And you want to make sure that you capture, you want to say the, the peak play, the peak action. But then again, it's always, it's not about, you know, getting that fingertip catch. Well, yes, it is about getting a fingertip catch. But then again, <laughs> it's like, but but then again, how do you tell the story of the game, right? It, it's like I tell photographers when I speak at conventions, I'd say for every action, there's a reaction. And what I mean by that, so for every time you're hitting that shutter or action picture that you're taking, it could be a reaction of a celebration or an emotion or, you know, a coach coming up the sidelines really you know, excited and pumping his fists and so on and so forth. So for every action, there's a, there's a reaction. So you have to look for those moments as well. One thing that we didn't, we kind of skipped over a period of your life. We started in high school and be like starting photography. And then we went to Silicon Valley and working in tech and then moving to the 49ers. We were both at a department outing last year at a bowling alley I got stuck on a lane with you, and I say stuck not because of your company, but because I am horrible at bowling, and you used to be a professional bowler, <laughs> which was definitely reflected in our scores, I'm going to point out. Does the does the experience of going on tour, uh, being a professional athlete yourself, shape or inform your decisions that you capture with the 49ers now? You know, to, to give people a little insight, my first career growing up in San Francisco as a teenage youth bowler, I was one of the top junior bowlers growing up in San Francisco from the time, you know, I was 16 years old and had aspirations of going out on a professional bowlers tour. And so, and I wanted to be the first minority to win a national title because no other minority had won a title. But unfortunately, while I was going to school, I was 19 years old, I got sick uh, where my lung collapsed out of the blue. And so after, after a month long hospital stent and surgery, you know, I went out on tour maybe a year later, but it was short lived because um, I couldn't move my arm the same way as I did before the surgery. So 
I didn't have the strength and the stamina to withstand the long haul of, you know, state after state, week after week. And so, but I mean, I, you know, bowled perfect games, you know, made a little money and then came back and said, well, I'm going to bowl professionally part-time. And I bowled professionally part-time, you know, for about 14 years after my two and a half year full-time. And then that's when I got a job working in Silicon Valley at a telecommunications company and, you know, started a career there as well and then got into to photography. Um, but when you look at from the sports side of it, understanding, you know, like say what bowlers or athletes or basketball or football or baseball players, you, you want to understand the sport of the game that basically that you're covering or that you're part of. Right. And once you understand something and how they think and what they're doing, I feel like I'm an offensive or defensive coordinator, right? Because when, when we're on offense, it's like, okay, what are we going to do? You know, is there four wide receivers or three wide receivers in the game or two tight end set or, you know, just a fullback or two running backs. So now you're trying to figure out, okay, it's going to be a run pass or what? So now I'm trying to guess as well, but it's, it's basically understanding the tendencies of a team and what they're going to do, right? If they're a passing team, you know, they're going to pass more often than they run. If it's a running team, you know, they're going to run more often than their path, but then they're going to mix it up. So you're guessing what's going to happen, but yet you're also surveying what's on the field and what they're maybe going to do, right? And then put yourself in that position. So basically it's kind of like, you know, in, and if you consider a bowler an athlete, but it's like, yeah, I mean, you I know, do. I consider them an athlete. <laughs> you know, we still got to be prepared for certain things and stuff like that, but it's kind of like, um, you know, you, you look at the sport that you're shooting and then going from there and saying, okay, yeah, I got I got to like be on the top of my game for what I do. Do you have a favorite ask? We've talked a lot about game day um, and game day yeah. is very important in both of our roles. I think anyone who works for the 49ers, it's kind of the pinnacle of the week or the year. But do you have a favorite aspect outside of game day? You do media days, you do headshots, you work in the community. I, I, there's not really an oh, yeah. end to what is covered by your team. Right. There's one thing that that I enjoy really outside of football game days, right? And that the organization is is really, you know, a big part of what they do is their philanthropy with their foundation and community relations, yeah. right? And when we go out into the community and when you're giving back and, and helping organizations and when you're able to capture that from a visual standpoint with photos and or video, it, it's like one of the most fulfilling parts that I love to do outside, right? And when you could put a smile on, you know, a kid's face or an adult that you helped or, you know, just capturing those moments for them. But for what we do, that's that's one of the biggest things I love to do is when we get out there in community and then capturing those types of images and and giving back, you know, and the 49ers have been doing that since I've been with the organization. And, you know, I don't know all the actual numbers, but I know it's been, you know, over 40 or 50 million dollars that they've raised over the time when they started their foundation and what they do. And it's just one of the best things that that I love to do outside of game days. Agreed. Have you seen the mm -hmm. perspective change since you started working for the 49ers to now on how the team treats community events? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's changed over years because they want to do more. You know, it's like, how can you do more? How can you help more people? Um, I think that's been a been a big thing. I mean, when you look at like uh, what what we do and even the league for when you talk about like say crucial catch, right? You know, which we just had that game recently yeah. as well. But when in the non COVID time, it's it's been big when we've put on fashion shows for you know uh, survivors of cancer, right? Um, we've done things like, I mean, then we'll invite them on the field and, and, you know, and just the, the, what I want to say camaraderie and what, how they support each other. And, and it could be, you know, male or female. It's like, you know, it's, you know, we've even, they've even adapted the male into the crucial catch as well. That recovery, you know, but when you're out there taking pictures and, and, you know, and they're tearing up and they're hugging each other and, and, and sometimes, and most of the time it's a lot of people that they don't even know. Right. And so when you see that, it, it's like, you know, it, 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 it wasn't like that, you know, 20 years ago, but it built to that now. And then I could say that's, that's why I say they just want to do more. So it has, I think it has changed for, for uh, the better, you know, in a sense, you know, and then, and then the 49ers has, uh, they have this charter school 49ers Academy that's in Palo Alto that they've been, doing a lot of work with for many, many years now and helping students and helping that school and, you know, and, and, you know, and even their STEAM program that, you know, they're involved in as well, you know, and, and as you know, or maybe some people do know or not is, you know, with our educational center, we have here with our EDU program, you know, in the museum and, you know, the, the Yorks, you know, have donated, you know, a lot into building that edu program and busing the kids in at no cost to the school and no cost to the kids and and building you know that's that steam program you know to help you know educate you know the youth of today and 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 like i say there's no cost to to the schools so that that's big I, that's why i've said i've seen it seen it evolve over the years of them doing more. Have you had a favorite community foundation EDU prep event that you've shot so far? I can say from my perspective, I always loved mm -hmm. getting your photos from, we talked about the Crucial Catch fashion show and oh, from oh, yes. the uh, Hope for the Holidays event every December. Those are my mm -hmm. two. It's interesting. See, now you, now you oh, beat no. me to it because like, you know, Hope for the Holidays, I forgot about Hope for the Holidays and stuff, but it's kind of like... Um, that's a good one. I mean, it's just, I think, I think it's just, you know, when you could do something for families and the youth, right. From that standpoint, I think it's, it's big, right. Or anything that has to do with domestic violence is yeah. huge as well. So I think, you know, I can't just pick one, but when you say hope for the holidays and the youth programs that come in here, you know, one of my favorite ones is the 49ers Academy as well. So it's kind of like, yeah, but they're, they're all, you know, they're all a listers. If you put Absolutely, it that way, yes. you know, we can move one after one after another, after another. I mean, even from, even from the prep program with the, um, the youth, the youth programs that we put on with the flag football and, and the, um, the camps that they do each year. Right. And you see some of the kids that were little kids that come back every year, you know, and then that program grows and grows and grows. So it's it is definitely impacting what I want to say a lot of lives going forward, right? And I think the youths that 
have benefited from all of the things that the 49er organization has put on, it's like they'll give back themselves as time goes on as well because they'll they'll remember that. Yes. We've had Stacy on and she talked about community. Like mm-hmm. it is such a big part of this organization and it is a fantastic part of this organization that I think a lot of employees really connect to. Oh, and don't don't forget about community days. Oh yeah. You know, where we'll, we'll do community days with the employees and and you know what I want to, I forgot the percentage of employees go out, but it's like all, all the times the list is always yep. full. Right. And, you know, if it's going out for help building houses for individuals and, or food donations or going to schools and help planting gardens. And, you know, it's like they roll up their sleeves and they get on the bus and we go out and we have a great time doing, doing what we love to do and helping and the employees give back to as well. And it's one thing, you know, when we do those pictures for that and the big group pictures and I'll get up on a ladder and you see nothing but smiles on people's faces, you know, on the employees' faces because they're giving back as well. And we're giving back as an organization. So that's one of my favorites, too. I say the um, the uh, community side of it from the employee standpoint as well. Yes, we're smiling because we're having a good time, but also because we're watching you teeter back and forth on a ladder. So it's twofold. (laughs) (laughs) And and you guys are telling me don't fall yes. off the ladder. So it's like, yeah, but, but, <laughs> but also trying to be safe too at the same time. Terms of, I guess, telling a story. And I think that goes beyond pointing and clicking. Uh, there's yeah. a huge evolution of a photo. And I think that also goes into the senior manager of photography services. Can you talk mm-hmm. about, I guess, the evolution of a photo from when you decide to take it, snap it, and then when in your eyes it's ready for public consumption. Yeah, that's 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 a good one where, you know, when you look at something, it's like you have to approach it as as it develops, right? And 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 I say not develops like from the camera side, from your mind of what you see, right? And so it's like because what makes an image flattering, right? When is the appropriate appropriate time to hit the shutter and say, okay, I capture that, right? And so you have to look at it from a standpoint and visualize, okay, what's going to happen, right? And then you may, you may hit the shutter and you got that moment and it works, right? But then again, there's a lot of technical things that go along with that, you know, um, do you need a flash or is it a nighttime photo or is it sunny outside or if it's overcast how i'm going to expose this image is there a right exposure you know do you have you know your camera settings right so a lot of things go into play before you even take that first shot right and then you know once you get once you start shooting and you 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 got your flow and you know what your settings are if you're using flash or not using flash you know how are you going to deliver it right uh, you know, I'm, I'm big on wireless technology, you know, coming from the uh, tech world. Right. And I'm always looking like, how can I get, you know, our social web team images in real time? Yeah. Right. And so I think a lot of aspects fall into play on that from before you even capture it and get that on digital technology into the hands before you even post. And then it's like, is it a quality image? Right. It, it's like and, and to be honest, I used to tell people when I'm speaking at conventions, it's like 
it, I said, if it's garbage in, it's garbage out, right? Is if you have to work on a lot of images in post-production, it's like, you know, you didn't do your work in the beginning, right? If you don't have to work on images on the end, then that means you did all your check, all your boxes, you checked all your boxes in between there from the conception of a photo, right? Now, there's always little things that you're going to, you know, correct. It could be a little color or just a little exposure, but if your skills are good to where you're properly exposing at the beginning, then, you, then you're on par basically with, with the conception of a photo. Yeah. You've said that your favorite photo that you've taken is one that you're going to take in the future. Because I ask a lot, what's your favorite photo? What's your favorite game? And you're very evasive about it. Um, yes. <laughs> how sure. have you seen, because we are, if it's something that's going to happen in the future, it still has to be something innovative and creative and something new. How have you worked to continue to be on that precipice of moving forward while also keeping the brand of the organization in mind? So I, I'd say, you know, it, it's like, <clears throat> you know, people always say, what's your best photo you've taken or, you know, this and that. And I, I always like to say allude from that and say, I haven't taken it yet. I haven't taken it yet because it, it, it's interesting because I've been doing this a long time. And the thing is, it's like, I've always told myself and then I tell, um, my crew of photographers, like, we got to be better than what we were last year. And I say that every year, right? I tell them, I said, I'm only as good as my last shot I took yesterday. And so it's like, I'm always striving to be better. So it's like, think about it. Even though I do what I do, I've been doing a long time. And, you know, I'm, I'm the senior manager of photography services, run, you know, lead team photographer. It, it's like, I still got to be better. I still got to be better than I was yesterday um, or what I was last year when I, you know, shot games last year, because when you look at it is if you strive to keep getting better, you're going to do, you're going to be better. But if you get complacent and say, Oh, well, I've made it. I'm cool. I could coast. There's somebody else can come along. That's going to be better. Yeah. Right. And so you got to keep pushing yourself to the next level. You know, I've always heard coaches say, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So, you know, and you, you got to keep reminding your players and I got to keep reminding my photographers, you get, you got to be better. Not that they're bad. It's like, you got to be better than that last shot that you took last week or just the other day. So it, it's a philosophy that strives you to, to do more and to you know, capture something more. Right. And even though I say, you know, I haven't taken it yet. It's like, you know, it's, it's like once I say, and I answer that question, oh, here's one of my favorite photos, right? Well, that's, that's going to be yesterday. Now I got to get another favorite photo, right? Because now I'm trying to be better. You know, is it, is it that fingernail tip catch, you know, diving in the end zone? Or is it an emotional celebration moment that tells the story, right? Now you could have great, you could have great, images throughout a game right and to me it's like one is when 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 you hold up that lombardi trophy regardless of 10,000 20,000 30,000 images that we take on game day sometimes we haven't even talked about that part right it's like but if 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 that could be i would have to say it's going to be one of my best photos i'm going to take once i see Kyle holding up that 
Lombardi trophy. Yeah. Last season holding the NFC trophy. While those game images were so amazing, one thing that you and I worked very closely on last year was post-game galleries. We had these very extensive in-game galleries that are highlights and cut in live time so people can be there. And we found that what was resonating with fans and what fans wanted to see how the team was reacting. And you and I worked really closely on that. I remember that. And it really evolved into, I think, our highest viewed galleries of the whole year. Correct. That's right. I do. I do remember that. Yeah. And it was one of those things that we, we, we discussed a little bit, you know, throughout the season. Yeah. Right. And then, and then I took their approach from when we kept winning and, and the locker room stuff that we were doing, it was like, how do I approach it differently to make it look different? How do I get that reaction, you know, from the guys so people can see, because now, now they're living in the locker room with me in those moments and those wins and sharing in it. Right. And that's why I say by telling the story and, 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 and making it, it real to, to our, our faithful fans. It's, it's interesting, you know, but as you can see how we discuss what we're going to do for the galleries, how are we going to capture what we're looking for, you know, and, and switching it up different weeks, depending on what's what to give the faithful fans and the fans for our web and social something to look for the following week and week after week after week. And that's what I talk about just getting better. How do I, how do I capture that moment in a different way? but better than what I did the last time. Right. So it's like, yeah, I consider myself just like the players. I got to, I got to be better too. And we all in our job in, in what we do. Right. You know, and that, and I think that's, I think that just doesn't go with what we do or what I do as a photographer. I think in anybody's job is like, regardless of what they do, how do they do it better? It, it's, I mean, but I've always took that approach from, you know, when, when I was a bowler, you know, it's like, how do I get better and better and better? Right. My coach used to teach me, right. When we would, we would, when I would practice and he says he would cover up because we have automatic scores, right. He would cover up the scores. I was young. I said, well, why are you covering up the scores? Like, Hey, we're not worried about scores. We're worried about, I want to teach you how to repeat shots. And I said, repeat shots. Right. He says, yeah. He says, look, you gotta, you gotta hit this one mark every time, repeat it every time. And it's like repetitive every time. He said to me, he says, because when it comes down to bowling a perfect game and you got one shot, you know, or winning a title and you got one shot and you just got to keep repeating that shot. So it's like, it's like, it's the same thing that I think that's why I approach it in photography about getting better and doing this, not the same thing over and over and over again, but yet, you know, it's just a different analogy and stuff like that. But yeah. I want to finish off with, a couple quick hits, and I don't know how these are going to go, but we're going to try them. We'll have some fun with it. Let's see what we got. Okay. Do you have any game day superstitions? Game day superstitions? Like on game day or just the week of, or how do you want to go? Either one. Okay. So, so so I do. It's it's funny because, you know, last year when we were making a run, it was like, you know, I go to Starbucks every day, you know, get my coffee in the morning before I come into work, right? Where I would go when I drive through the parking lot, right? I would drive the same way all the time Yeah, in and out all the time. Now, now it's like one time I almost forgot. I literally backed up in, in the parking lot, backed up to go the other <laughs> way. Right? And so, and then once I, you know, I, I'm a stickler for time. And so on game day mornings and a couple of my assistants used to ride in with me and it would be like, okay, 
here we go. I said, we leave. I said, wheels are up at 7 o'clock. Not 7.02, not 7.05, at 7 o'clock. So I said, you better be at my house before right. 7. I'm out, right? Because timing is a, a key to me where it's like, you know, I leave at 7, I get here at 7.30, and my routine just has to go the same every time. Because if I show up an hour late, now I'm an hour behind. Not hour late, but, you know, game's at 1, and I'm getting here at 7.30. But it's just then I'm behind on everything that I need to do. The next question might be, your answer might be time, but do you have a game day pet peeve? Game day pet peeve. Yes, I do. And and this could be good or bad though, right? Because it's like people tried to call me Mm. right before the game or, you know, or text me right before the game or during the game. I'm really glad you said this. And so, but the problem is, it's like I get so in tune with everything and what I have to do. It's like sometimes I don't even answer my phone. But then again, it may be someone in the organization that need me for something, but I'm like not getting the phone. So somebody's going, "Hey, T, such and such is looking for you." This <laughs> and that. I'm like, oh, you know. So that it could be, it could be a problem one, but it's kind of like my pet peeve for. And some of my friends that follow me or watch me in the stands and it's like, you know, hey, I see you down there. It's like, okay, that's cool. But don't text me that you see me because it's like, yeah. But it's, yeah, I think it's the phone. I think that's why I don't pick up my phone a lot. And it's like, I don't know if it's good or bad because I think I'm missing somewhere. Somebody needs something. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to say yeah, it's exactly. a good thing. And then, and then before we go to the next one, but then one of my, one of my other superstitions I forgot to mention too was, for years, I would wear uh, Timberland boots yeah. during the game, right? Now, I don't care if it was like, you know, 20 degrees outside, would have thick socks on, or if it was 110, I would still wear these boots, right? So one time, I didn't wear them, and I went with my tennis shoes, right? And we lost the game. And I'm like, no, I can't, I can't go. I got to keep the boots on. got to keep the boots on. But after the last couple of years, I've kind of like – you know, got away from the Timberlands and then, you know, I've gone with uh, different uh, shoes. But then again, it's like, and as you know me, I always wear I a white hat say, backwards. That was my next question. Is the tea fashion yeah. must have a white hat? Yes, it is. That is that is the one thing I have to have. And unless it's raining outside and snowing where I got to put on a beanie or something like that, but it always has to be a white hat because a lot of people look for me, right? And my signature look is a white hat. But now I'm running out of white hats. So it's kind of like, cause it changes over the years. So I've been saving them up, but I'm waiting for the new, new white hats to come back. And it has to be a fitted hat and definitely turn backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm doing an interview right now and a white hat turned backwards. <laughs> so people have, to, so now people are going to listen to this, to this podcast is going to say, I got to look for the guy with the white hat and turn that's backwards. running around yeah. the field. <laughs> exactly. Speaking exactly. of yeah. having a hat or a beanie, dependent on the weather, what's the worst weather game you've ever had to shoot? Okay, and you know I'm going to Lambeau Field. It was like, and I don't want to say I don't say the worst, but yet I had never been that cold in my life. And it was like I think it was like negative ten degrees, and I forgot what the wind chill factor was going to be, and it was a playoff game, and it was like a late afternoon game, so that means it was a night game. And so, you know, you're, you're good. You got the hand warmers, you got your feet warmers. Everything is great until it wears off. 
And then about the third quarter hits, you know, fourth quarter almost, and then now you're just freezing. But yet you just bend and bear it and then just go from there. So after surviving that game, any other cold game, I related to the Green Bay game. And then I try to psych myself out, say, well, it's cold, but it's not as cold as that Green Bay game. So, yeah. They call Lambo the frozen tundra and it lives up to its name. Oh, exactly. But you know what? That's one of the, the places I've been to Lambo Field maybe eight or 10 times in my career. And when you talk about football, that is like one of the places you step out on Lambeau Field, you're like, okay, this is like football. And I always love going there. The fans have been, always been great. You know, you know, never too, you know, even though you're the visiting team, you know, they're not telling you how they feel about you completely. <laughs> so they've been pleasant. So yeah. Last one. What is your favorite thing about being a member of the 49ers? You know, I would say being a longtime 49er fan as a kid growing up 12 years old and following football and being a football fan and when, you know, and the York family and the DeBarlow family, I mean, it's like working with this organization is second to none, right? You know, I mean, I've done, worked in high tech for 20 years, did a professional bowling career and then doing what I do for the family. And, and this organization is tops of my list here, really, to be honest, you know. Uh, people say, what else can you, what else you think? You, well, no, no, I'm good right now. I love what I do now. <laughs> it's like, I can't go anywhere else. So it's kind of like, it, it's, it's one of my just favorite things that I'm doing, to be honest, you know, and then, and then, you know, what we do as a whole, and, and I'm a big team player and what we do for social web design, uh, photography, video, I mean, our department and marketing and what we do, it's, it's as we work together, there's no feat that we can't do. And, and when you work together, collectively as a team, you're going to have success. It's not one person having success. It's the whole team, no matter what you do, you know, when you work together as a team, I don't care if you're, you know, a janitor or whatever, or picking up trash or cleaning up here and there. Once everybody works together, you're going to be successful. And that's what we do as an organization and as a department in our marketing and what we do. I absolutely agree. Concur. Well, all, with everything you just said. No, thanks. Okay. T, I, I really want to thank you for coming on the podcast. I could talk with you four hours. I miss coming yeah. over to your desk every day and talking about work and life, but we will get back to that eventually here. Yes, we will. And we'll get fans back in the building. And, you know, thanks for having me. I hope um, I hope I shared a little insight on what we do from a photography team, you know, personally wise, you know, how I got to where I was at, shed some light on photography and the concept. And hopefully people enjoy uh, uh, our conversation. And thanks for having me.